ready for the word this morning? <laughs> I was talking to Sandy this morning about something in the, you know, when you want to, the law of first references, if there's a, you go back to the, where something first happened, and you can see a pattern throughout the scriptures. You go clear back to the garden of, you know, Eden, where Genesis, where it all started. And God said not to eat of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, right? Simple. Well, from there, of course, things happened. They ate from the tree. They shouldn't even been hanging around that tree, right? That's the first mistake. So, anyway, here's what happened. And I want to, I'm going to extract a principle out of here that's really important for our society, for our times. Well, God confronted Adam and said, well, I was, I was afraid. I was naked, I, so I hid myself. I heard your voice. You know, and when we do something wrong, you know, we want to hide. Sometimes never run from God when you're in trouble. Run to him. That's important. If you don't get anything else out of that this morning, you run to him. Because I guarantee he will take you up in his arms and lovingly embrace you and bring healing to your heart. So, but the part I wanted to mention was, did, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Well, God, it's your fault. You're responsible because you gave me this woman, and she's the one that gave that to me. Isn't that what he said? He was blaming God, holding God responsible. It's not me, God. It was you because you gave her to me and she gave it. She gave me the fruit. So she, he looks over at Eve and says, and, and Eve says, well, the serpent deceived me and I ate. You know, remember old Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it, right? So here's the problem. No one was taking responsibility for their decisions or their actions. And we have in our society today, let's think about that for a minute. They weren't willing to own up to what they had done. They were only pointing the finger at and blaming everyone else around them, the devil, God, even God, and each other. See? So all of a sudden, relationships just start to unravel. <laughs> Are you with me so far? And here's what we have in our society, a society full of victims and that won't take responsibility for their own choices and decisions that they have made and are blaming everyone else in the world for the problems that they're in. You can go to a, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist you know, that doesn't know the Lord, and they'll tell you who to blame. Well, it was your mother that didn't love you. That's why you're... That's why you're a homosexual. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it today. And so we blame our dad because he didn't love us. So that's why I'm bitter. That's why I'm angry at the world. So, yeah, you put the blame on your parents. And, yeah, but you don't take any responsibility for your own actions and decisions because you really, that wasn't really your fault. And so slowly we take away the opportunity for people to get healed because it isn't until, until they take responsibility for their own actions that they can truly be delivered from the problems. 
Amen. Okay. And boy, that's a word that needs to be heard today. That we're not to blame. We're we're just a product, a victim of our circumstances in our environment. Give me a break. You no one makes you do what you do. You do what you do because it's your your decision, your choice. No one forces you to do anything. Amen. That's the truth. So I'm I need to lay that down, make it clear. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying, you know what? You can get delivered from the things you're in if you would first own up to what you've done and take ownership of your part in the thing. Because I'm telling you what, homosexuality starts in the mind. It's, it's a lust that is, if it un, goes unchecked, can become a lifestyle. Don't tell me, you know, and it's like, where am I going with this? It just starts with a thought. Adultery, the same thing. If you so look after a woman to lust after her, you've already committed the act in your heart. Jesus says don't even go there because if you think that thought in your mind, you, it's as, you have done as much damage to your heart as if you had done the act. You get that? That's an important point. Same thing with murder. I mean, if you hate somebody, it's doing the same thing to your heart as if you had murdered them. Is not not what Jesus said. That's how serious it is. That we guard our hearts, that we, we take responsibility and own ownership of what's going on inside of you and me. Because God can only work within the framework of your choices and decisions. He can't force you to be a robot and make him make you love him. Right? Boy, oh boy. Oh man. So that's important. It's important. He, he, he gives us the freedom to choose. We are sovereign in the sense that he is sovereign. We have the freedom to, of choice, the freedom of decision-making. See, and God won't t- take that away from you and I. He won't. He won't interfere with that. And uh, same thing with anger, lust, fear, honest, all of those things. I know from experience that as soon as I am honest with God, because neither Adam nor Eve were really honest with God, were they? They really weren't honest. They were covering up. In fact, they even sewed fig leaves up, you know, to cover themselves. As long as we cover up, we can't, God can't do anything with us, for us, Right? I'm telling you what, you keep blaming and making excuses and rationalizing and justifying your actions, there isn't anything God can do for you until you own up to your own part in it. Saying the same thing in a whole lot of different ways. And that can be offensive, I know, but I'll tell you what, it can set you free too. And that's what God's after. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in that place. You got unforgiveness, you got resentment. Well, deal with it. Ask God for, you know, let go of it. You know, to forgive means to send away. I send that away. I know I'm not going to let it stick in my craw and eat at me and, you know. <laughs> right? Because I'll tell you the, pr- the reason this is important. Because God wants to so infuse you with confidence and boldness 
in the last days that you will see the dead raised to life. Demons flee, casting out devils. And the Bible says that, you know, healing the sick, that is normal Christian life. That should be happening in the church. But it's going to require of you and me a greater boldness and a greater confidence. And that confidence comes from our own personal track record. Can you say amen? So, the love of God is continuous and constant. There's nothing that can separate you from that love. Thank God. God's love will give you a sense of value, a sense of esteem, self, you know, healthy self-love. But it can't give you confidence. We, you, you and I give ourselves confidence by walking in the word, walking out our walk with God. You know, our behavior If I allow things to go unchecked in my life, my confidence will begin to erode, and it'll be undermined, and I will, won't have that boldness that I ought to have. If I'm entertaining thoughts in my, my mind, it creates an awkwardness with those around me, and I'm not old, old, no longer as effective for others as I ought to be. Yes. So I'm responsible, we're responsible to take every thought captive, to cast down imaginations, yes, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, experiencing God. So that's our part. That's our responsibility, yours and mine. <clears throat> and if you do that, if you take... Um, inventory <laughs> within your boundaries can keep out the things that are evil the fiery darts the, the it'll it'll be protecting protection for you uh, there's a scripture we may get to it we may not but, but proverbs 4 23 it says above all else guard your heart say guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life that means the boundaries the borders the, when, you, when you keep your heart with all diligence, you're protecting yourself from things that are trying to get in, trying to get in to breach that wall, if you will, and cause damage, cause harm. But if you guard your heart with all diligence, you're creating a border, a boundary around you, and guess what? Your confidence starts to build when you have taken care of your internal world God will take care of the external world around you. And, and what begins on the inside of you is a transformation, listen carefully, into the person God has created you to be in Christ. Renewing your mind, recognizing that your old man is no longer your identity like I just sang about. That's no longer who you are. That man is dead, buried, and gone. You know, when we went into baptism, dunk down, dead. Up from the grave you arose with a mighty triumph o'er your foes. Hallelujah. So now you're a brand new creation, and that's who you truly are. And when you get your identity from God, a sense of, uh, you know, confidence builds. So new creation, your true self in Jesus, your new self begins to emerge and surface. And now it's no longer I. But Christ that lives in me, 
in the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So that's really important. Praise God. I love that. Because that's who we really are. You get your identity from God. See, he loves and values you so much. You start to believe it. It's taken me a long time to finally agree with God about me. How good I, how he sees me and him. You're kidding me, God. Is that all really inside of me? Yes, son. If you just start believing it, you'll start to see a difference. Hallelujah. That, you know, that caterpillar can crawl into the cocoon and come out a butterfly with wings to fly. Amen. Totally new creation. Praise God. So that's important that we begin to agree with God about what he says about you. But on the other hand, and that's all good in, uh, uh, again, get your value from God. But get your confidence from your own behavior, from your own track record, from your own um, walking out your, your, you know, living out of your, you know, keeping your conscience clear and all that. That's important. All right, I've said that. God's love for us will never end. So we get our value from him and our confidence from ourselves living the life. There's a scripture in 1 John, and I've got these in there, but this is how we reassure our hearts before him that we love in action. We put deeds to our words, that we love people as God has loved you and me. See, there's a connection here. God so values you that he wants you to learn first to value yourself. You know, if you hate yourself, it's all going to fall apart. God says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You see, there's a real interesting thing there. As I receive the love of God, and uh, I, I, I recognize that I'm lovable too. If God loves me, for heaven's sakes, why can't I love myself? Give yourself permission to love yourself because you are lovable in the eyes of God. And when you can see that in the mirror, then you're on your way to be able to love those around you. It's impossible to love those around you until you first love yourself. Jesus knew that, and that's why he attached that commandment and made it just as important as loving God. It's that you love yourself so that you can love your neighbor. Yes, that's so important. It took me a long time to recognize that I am lovable because God said so. And if he said so, then I agree with him. Don't matter what you feel or what you think, the word of God trumps all that junk. Hallelujah. Yes, I said Trump. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love that. So, you see that? Healing for yourself image, your self-worth, your self-esteem. Your, he, he wants to, you know, highly esteem you in love. He thinks you're precious. He thinks you're all that in a bag of chips. You know, he just loves you all so very, very much. And as you grow in that understanding of who you are in him, you'll have that capacity, and that's what I wanted to say, that your capacity to love others will grow. Here's the problem. 
God has loved you from the day you first sucked air. He has loved you eternally and forever and deeply. But here's the problem. No matter how much he loves you, if you have failed to see yourself as lovable, your ability to receive God's love is inhibited. You understand that? And until you know you're forgiven, your ability to forgive others is going to be limited and restricted too. It's those who know they are forgiven that can truly forgive others. That's the truth. He that is forgiven much should love us much. He that is forgiven little loves little. They don't get it. That's what Jesus said. Boy, praise the Lord. Well, I'm feeling good about this. I hope you are. Hallelujah. So, I know I'm, am I coming on strong? I hope so. <laughs> it's truth. We need to speak the truth in love. We really do. And we need to hold ourselves accountable to our own behaviors and not be pointing the fingers at everybody else under the sun. Let's, let's, I want to say, grow up, mature. That's why God put me here today is to encourage you to grow in Jesus. I'm not here just because I want to, you know, blabber off my, some, my mouth. I want to tell you something that's going to help, that's going to matter, that's going to set you free because God doesn't want us crippled the rest of our lives. He wants you to be a wounded healer. We may have been wounded, but we've been healed by the love of God, and we can extend that healing to those that are wounded around us. <laughs> that's the church in action. Yes, and we're going to grow in that. You may think, well, I'm just not there. Well, you're going to get there. I'm going to tell you this, too. I can tell you this prophetically. God has brought this word to you at such a time as this because he knows you are capable. You are able. You, are, you have within you what it takes to do all things through Christ. He wouldn't have brought this message to you unless he thought you couldn't do it and perform it and obey it. You see? Challenging, yes. But that's the way it is. He'll give you a, a bigger coat to grow into, a larger shoes to fill, to walk in. That's how it is. And I'm so thankful for this adventure I'm on with God. I would rather do this and go anyplace else in the world because I know his, his kingdom dwells within me. And I've seen it and I know it. And that is the most important, that is the most exciting adventure of a lifetime right there. It's within your own heart with God. You don't need to go anywhere. You can if you want to, but it won't do much for your internal life. It's, it's, it's true. Praise God. So let's take a look at some scriptures, shall we? I put a few up, and they're all good. So I don't know that I'll be able to get through all of them, but they're all good. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into every core, very core of your being. So, above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Uh -huh. Let's read on. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. V avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. See, when you fail to live the life of Christ, you know it starts to work on your conscience. It starts to bother you. You're going against the true, your true self. Give yourself a, 
you know, a gift. Give yourself the gift of knowing that in your heart of hearts you have tried to walk with like Christ. Be Christ-like in your behaviors, in your attitudes, in your words, in your work, in your home, in your church. You become Christ-like in every aspect of your life. And then you walk in confidence knowing there's nothing to look back and behind you for. You know, no need to look over your shoulder anymore. Because you're walking straight. You're living true. Amen? That's right. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Watch where you're going. <laughs> yes? All right. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Here's the problem. If I fail to order my internal world according to the Holy Spirit within me, I am going to limit my effectiveness in the lives of those around me. If he has called you to, to minister to someone and you failed to live in the Spirit, guess what? You're going to get called to the game. God's going to call you, and you're not going to be there. <laughs> you're just not going to be available. I missed a game once in the high school. I was playing football for Coach Holslander, and I showed up for, to, get, to catch the bus, and guess what? The bus went without me. I missed the bus. And you know what? I missed the bus ever since until I came back to Christ. <laughs> I kept missing the bus. But you know, and he, my dad told me he was at the game. I, I, I don't know. You get embarrassed as a kid. You know, I should have got there anyway. It was in Ferndale. And uh, the coach said, Gibbs, Gibbs. There was no Gibbs. I was a running back. And my dad was there, and he heard the coach calling my name, and I wasn't there. Why do I share that? Be there. Be ready. Instant, in season and out of season, preach the word. Be, tr be ready to give an answer for those that have, have ask of the hope that lies within you. Don't be found missing the bus because you weren't prepared. That's what I'm telling you. All right? That's important. Because there are people out there that only you can reach. Listen to me. You're not just a cookie-cutter Christian anymore. You have a uniqueness about you, your temperament, your makeup, who you are. You know there's no two of you alike. And only you can fulfill that particular call that God has to fulfill his big picture. Amen? That's right. All right. So... You don't have to act like anybody else. Just be yourself in Jesus, the best you that he's made you in him. That's what he wants to bring out. And that can be liberating because now I don't have to, you know, put, you know, like a wet, suppress who I really am in him. I, he wants the best me to come out. <laughs> right? Of you too. Let's, I think that's an important point. God doesn't want you to change who you are. He just simply wants to sanctify and bring forth the best you that you are in the spirit. Yep. Your personality, your humor, the way you think. You know, just 
channeling that into, so that's important. We don't have to all look alike, dress alike, talk alike. No. Be the you that you God created you to be. All right, let's read on. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. Amen. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. I like that. This is a new year. And it's a good scripture for that. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. I think it's important that you you technically don't want to be able to say this in the right way. Don't feel like you have to change before you recognize that you're already acceptable to God as you are and now he wants to bring forth from within you that transformation by renewing your mind and recognizing that I am a new creation in him that's right the work's already been done and this word reconciling go ahead and, and get to the next frame reconcile means who he has restored us to friendship with God this would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God. Boy, we've been through all that. Our old relationship with the world and our mindsets, old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are made completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Next. <clears throat> and he has taught you to let go of the old lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. God wants to convince you that you're loved, you're accepted, not only accepted but highly favored in his eyes blameless and holy in his sight and you need to see we need to see ourselves that way too so read on for God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness see that's who you are whenever I have a little irritation in me uh, 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 that's an avenue a doorway to go into the wrong direction it can just start with a small thing. It's always a seed that gets planted in your heart. And guess what? That seed going unchecked can just reproduce more of itself. It can multiply, whether good or bad. So we really need to take uh, care not to allow those things to harvest inside of us. You take one kernel of wheat or of uh, corn. I've heard this illustration before. You plant that one kernel of corn. You don't just get one ear of corn. You get a whole stock full of corn. It will multiply and reproduce. So it's important. You know, James said it this way. It starts, sin starts with a desire within you, an Ill illegitimate desire that progresses, and, and it becomes uh, an action, and it pro produces death. See, it's progressive. Starts out small, but it ends up big. And, it, and I t I'm telling you what. Adultery, homosexuality, murder, guess what? It all started with that small, unchecked thought that was, wasn't taken care of. That door wasn't closed. 
it was left open a little too long. And it took you down a road that you thought you'd never go. Amen? Boy, oh boy. Mm-mm-mm. God wants to get us free. Praise the Lord. And give Satan a black eye in the process. Glory. Next. Here we go. Love. Jesus answered him, you know, because they asked, what's the greatest commandment? They were just always trying to trap this, trap the Lord. They weren't asking anything to learn anything from him. They were trying to catch him in a flaw or fault. That's all. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Yes, Lord, harness our thoughts to love you even with our imaginations, Lord, that I would say I won't, I'm not going there. I'm not going to allow myself to go there anymore. This is the great and supreme commandment, and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. All right? Contained within these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. <laughs> Pretty important. Pretty important stuff. I mean, I heard someone say, it's a, it's a hard saying. I'm going to say it, though. You want to know kind of where you're at with God? Think about the person you love least. That's giving you a sort of a, an indicator, of, of a, a meter of where you're at. Wow. Lord, help us. Anything else? I know there's a bunch more. We don't have to go through all of them. Beloved or children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action. Say love in action. Yes, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. Do you see that our reassurance from before God comes from our living out the life of love and loving those around us? That's true. So you're giving yourself the gift of confidence. Next, we don't owe anything to anyone except, this is Romans 13. I think this will probably be my last one. Don't owe anything to anyone except your outstanding debt to continually love one another for the one who learns to love has fulfilled every requirement of the law. For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And every other commandment can be summed up in these words, love and value others the way you love and value yourself. Love makes it impossible to harm another, so love fulfills all that law requires. Living in the light. To live like this is all the more urgent. For time is running out. It is. And you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. Amen. Say wake up. It's true. For our full salvation is nearer than when we first believed. All right. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. Character is what you do when nobody's looking. Someone else said, you're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> mm. So, Lord, we want to be real with you. We want to be open and honest in every personal part of our lives, our, our livelihood, our, our finances. You can look into any spot and see Jesus, that we would allow your spirit into every area of our lives, our imaginations, 
we would love you and harness our thoughts, Lord, and, and bring them into captivity so that we can love you with all our mind. <laughs> yes, Lord. And build within us the confidence that brings forth your kingdom on the earth. Through your people, I pray. And I thank you, Lord, for their attentiveness this morning that it will not go without fruit being born in our hearts today because you have planted it there according to your will and your purpose, Lord. And I thank you for the harvest of righteousness that will come forth, that this town better get ready, this county, in, for the impact of, the, of a, new, a new breed of, of believer <laughs> that isn't afraid to pray out in the open and tr speak truth and love without embarrassment or shame to preach the gospel with boldness. Yes, Lord, for it's your will and your desire. Come, Lord Jesus, bring us your kingdom in our hearts, I pray. Forever and ever, Lord, thank you. We commit this message to you and our week to you. We can put into practice what we've heard, Lord, and apply the truth to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.